What up? Welcome to the Story Studio podcast. Love that. Um, we, I have an, I have an announcement to make. Actually, most of you won't care about this because you, you know, why would anybody? But we did decide that we're gonna um, resume worst show ever. I think Johnny decided. Actually, Johnny was like, "Damn it, we haven't had worst show ever in a million years." Well, it's so time. fun, and um, Dave's like, "Well, I can't do that once my family's home, and you start too late." So he said, "Well, we'll just do it first, which we've tried in the past, but we're gonna do it going forward." So I will, I will let. I don't I actually don't know if Neve's watching right now, but I will let Neve know that we'll like we'll start telling you guys like we'll start um, this show at like three thirty to three forty five Central Time, and it, you know if you guys want to risk your ears listening to worst show ever, you can do that too. <laughs> if to you want clear, dessert first, if you want dessert first <laughs> for the main course. To be clear, it's a terrible idea. Nobody should listen to that show. It is the best um, idea. Well, it'll warm Dave up. It's like um, it's like laying him down on a table and rubbing massage oil creepily all over him. Because <laughs> it's exactly like that. Yes. We, it's, you know what? We should just call the, the first... We don't even have to call it worst show ever. It's just lubricating Dave. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> lubricating Dave, the, the lubricated Dave, on like the walking Dave. Um, Wait, do, do you guys want to hear about a, um, a podcast that uh, Haley wants to start? So she sunshine she, and death. She, no, no, no. This is new. So she came home yesterday and she was bitching about I don't know bitchy girls at her bitchy school, <laughs> and she says. Um, I'm not going to mention her friend's name, but she was talking about her friend and she said, so we're just going to wait until we're like 70 and then we're going to start a, a podcast where we make friends. God damn it. I'm wow. This is this. the best story ever. <laughs> I'm going to wait until we're 80 and then we're going to start a podcast making fun of all of our classmates who are dead. And it's going to be called obituaries. <laughs> Dark. <laughs> wow. Haley pulling out all the stops. Well, she does have her own. So much wow, for sunshine and death. Were, if I were to do a podcast with her now, I think the sunshine's gone. Right. I was just going to say, is it possible that you're the sunshine in this scenario now? <laughs> yeah, it would, it would be a different show than the, the one a few years ago. Um, so today we're going to yes. talk about writing routines, uh, whatever that ends up meaning. Uh, I mean, it actually does mean things. I'm just saying in all its forms. But um, before that, we actually got a little preview into worst show ever. So Sean suggested that Dave do something fucked instead of something cool. <laughs> Dave, what happened uh, yesterday, last night? Anything interesting? I think it was when he woke up at five o'clock or whatever, whenever he wakes up. Today, you mean, not last night. Well, whenever yeah. it was. I'm as, if he, as if he's confused about what I'm talking about. <laughs> well, hold on. I'm looking because I, I, I bitched about something the other day. Uh, <laughs> Do you keep a bitch file? Oh, wow, he's looking. He wants to make sure he's good at bitching. It's like a checklist. He doesn't want to waste waste his bitching opportunity. He's like, wait, wait, wait. I might have something better to bitch about. No, in in our Slack the other day. Uh, oh you man, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, it's it's this is why. Oh, that's what made me say we need worst show ever. I miss it. So, oh, so I yeah, there was a rant. That was a. I don't what know. Today or what happened? Well, I, I figured the thing you were just talking about. By the way, this isn't worst show ever, but it'll just give you a taste. <laughs> as soon as Dave's going to rant for just a little bit, this is, this, we call this personality. I okay. I wake up uh, at two o'clock, as one does when you have my writing routine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have to dig into this. <laughs> so I wake up and I hear a beeping sound coming from the kitchen, and I'm like, "What the hell is that?" I guess bomb and Johnny guessed robot, or or just like a delivery truck backing up into his kitchen or something. A robot with a bomb, yeah, a Pepsi truck backing up. <laughs> so the refrigerator door is wide fucking open not just like a cracked open just wide open so i'm guessing my wife left in the morning and just ah fuck it we don't need to close doors <laughs> so everything in the fridge is ruined and we just went shopping last night so I gotta throw it all out and i'm just so fucking pissed off it, i i i don't okay so wait 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 just, is it possible that this is a decisive shot from her side of the marriage to win it? Is she trying to set you up for something here? Here's the thing. Okay. <laughs> I have been, I have been. I love it when Dave says, here's the thing. <laughs> I have been staying up later. So basically I've been up at night and I stay up. Eventually you're going to stay up so late. You're going to be on a normal schedule. Yeah. Well, that does happen. That's kind of how it works. 
I, I, I've been trying to get this book done and it's just goddamn fucking me. So I've been staying up late, but last we night. We have another segment coming up called What's Late? <laughs> Actually, it's called What's Still Late? This is better. Thank you so much. <laughs> Okay, so I have been staying up, but last night I, I was working on it, and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go to sleep so I can wake up before the show and work on it because uh, I, I just hate starting shit so late. So I went to bed before my family woke up and, you know, left for the day. Strategic. <laughs> just coincidentally. Well, well, that's the thing. You, when my son wakes up and my wife gets ready, it's usually like it's just an hour of my morning fuck because – I can't do anything else. And suddenly everybody Does anything realized. anything good ever come from being around your family? <laughs> no! Dave's, Dave's laying in bed with one eye open. Are they gone yet? People are like, okay, every day I'm not awake, they somehow manage to get out the door fine. But if I'm awake, for some reason, people are asking me to do shit. Oh, my God. Can you believe that? I can't well, believe they want to talk to, the, to, to you. Well, no, no. Let, let me give you an example. My wife like leaves and then she's like oh i forgot my coffee and she comes back to get it okay Bitch. so two <laughs> two, two days in a two days in a row she comes home like right after leaving and she's like pissed because she's like don't you ever have your phone on i'm like not in the middle of the night nobody's calling me in the middle of the night so she and i like why and she's like because i forgot my coffee and i wanted you to bring it out and i'm like well, well so because you forgot something and I don't have my phone on, it's my fault. So I'm just yes. so I'm guessing today she left, forgot her coffee, came I can't back, hear you. Can left, you can you tell me louder? <laughs> left the door open and now everything's just fucking ruined. Just like my life. <laughs> <laughs> Whew. I'm exhausted. Right. You guys ready for the I'm show done. to be over? I need a cigarette. <laughs> what does this have to do with writing? Like well, anybody that, Ironically, <laughs> that's your writing routine. <laughs> Dave, do you have to rage to get into flow? <laughs> Johnny, do you have anything yeah. cool? I don't really have anything cool, actually. Um, I don't know. I mean, no. Nothing anybody cares about. I'll skip. Um, all right, I'll, I'll do something cool. Um, I'm, I'm going to finish a book after the um, after the podcast is over, and it's the longest, hardest book I've ever <laughs> ever written. Um, but I'm super excited about finishing it. Yeah, this this is the book that proved that Sean is mortal. It's kind of it's kind of neat actually because this <laughs> like he's being frustrated like you know a normal person. Yeah, it's it, it's frustrated. So so one thing that's funny we um uh we, we've got a um we got a, a review recently on uh, how to write fast that was bitching um, about the fact that I wrote the book instead of Johnny because Johnny's the, everyone knows Johnny's the fast one on the team. Oh, I didn't know right? about this review. I'm um, already yeah. sad though, just from preemptively sad, whatever you're about to say. <laughs> well, no, no, it's just that like, oh, well clearly he wasn't the right person to uh, write this book. And I haven't been real public about how much I've written in the last year, but I've, I've written a lot in the last year and I'm really, really, really consistent. And so, um, uh, and fast, but this book I did bite off more than I could chew. I haven't spent longer than a month on on any book, but this book had a few. Not like <laughs> it's glorious, actually. Um, and this one I assumed I was going to be, you know, a month, and I was I was just doing it like whatever the first twenty days, and then then I realized, oh my god, there, there's no way I'm going to finish this book. This is ten days ago. Um, there's no way I'm going to finish this in a month. And then I got worried because by nature of this book, it's really sprawling. And it's the kind of book that if all of a sudden I don't make it into 30 days and there's no deadline on it, it's going to be 50 days or 60 days. It'll turn into a day project. Yeah, it's weird with you because I keep thinking like, so it took an extra day. Stop being such a fucking perfectionist. But then you have that slippery slope thing that I actually don't have. Like I can actually take 31 days when I meant to take 30, but apparently... You yeah, well, no. It's, this is putting the wall in front of the cookies at Danny's. Like that. <laughs> like it's it's a it's a thirty sixty or ninety. That's the only option. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a it's a flip of a switch. And like I wasn't anal about it. Like at the midweek, I was like, okay, if I can't make this, I'll pull back and do some other stuff. But it was like every day, I, I might be able to do it. I might be able to do it. And it looks like I'm, I'm going to be able to do it. But I'm about I don't know three to four thousand. If you left. don't make it now, then you just need to. 
I don't know. Well, right. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. You know, exactly. And that's why I kept pushing myself, but it was interesting because there's two things on this book. First of all, I never, like in the last year, I haven't written anything for myself. Like everything that I write is, oh, it has to go in this funnel or this line or, or whatever. I'm basically, I, I don't mean to make it sound like I'm a contract writer because I'm enjoying everything I'm writing, but it's not like first dibs. It's writing what needs to be written. So this one was definitely for me. And I also never put writing first so that even though I'm getting my words in and I'm actually clocking more than anybody in the company, uh, I'm still putting it second to actually running the company where this book, the last 10 days, <laughs> I've been like, fuck everything and just been trying to get my words, but I feel really accomplished. And there's a lot I learned from writing this book. Um, and we'll talk about it in, in future episodes. But anyway, that's my, my something cool. I'm, I'm really, um, I'm, I'm proud of this. I know it's taken a lot out of me, um, but I feel really good uh, with the work. I restarted a book this week. Um, that's a story I'll have to tell at some point because there's a lot of lessons there, but I'm nowhere near being able to tell it. So. Yeah, this is a big story and you guys will love this story when it's time to tell it. Um, because I think probably most people listening have felt have gone through something like this before. Dave, many times. And it was yeah. right now, actually. And it was news <laughs> to me, too. Like, that's that's actually the kind of cool thing about it was you'd think I'd know after writing 100 books. Like, I made some really dumb mistakes the first time through. And just we'll, I'll write about it at some point and put out. A, well, we a all did. Book. And there, it, it was. Right. It wasn't just happened. me, to be clear. It's funny that Sean and I both missed this. Well, it was it was both of us, and we had a different party. And part of it is just so much of um, so much disruption to our normal way of working, which is noteworthy too. But yeah, we'll talk about that in the future. In the future. Dun, dun, dun. All right. So today we're going to be talking about writing routines. Um, we just sort of want to because this is something we get like, well, how, how do you guys do X or Y or Z or whatever? So it's sort of like the big picture is writing routines, right? Like that's the bucket into which all of this fits. So I don't know who wants to begin or whatever, but, um, I mean, Sean, you already started, you might as well keep rolling, right? Like what is your writing routine? Uh, my writing routine hasn't changed very much. And how standard last... is it too? I just want to say that too, right? Like, does it vary? Is it flexible? Um, yeah, it's, well, I'm always trying to do like what, what is best, um, at any given time. And I, I do try to lean into seasons and realize that, Oh, I'm, I'm feeling this way and I should pay attention to that. But for the most part, um, I mean, I'll, I'll get granular, but for the most part, things have not changed for me in a couple of years. My, um, my, my routine is really pretty simple. Um, I wake up anywhere between five and five 30. Um, <laughs> right. They are officially able to be each other's unnamed narrator and Tyler Durden. <laughs> uh, yeah, we, because Dave wakes could. up, Dave wakes up at that you know PM like five to six PM. <laughs> that's when he's up. Who's Tyler between us though? I really don't know. Well, it's changing um, much like if Haley is no longer sunshine. <laughs> um. So, uh, uh, well, actually, Haley is still very much sunshine, but I think she's really getting the. Um, she's like wise sunshine. ass sunshine or sarcastic yes, dark humor right. sunshine. Yeah, yeah. It's it's really it's about the punchline. Slope. <laughs> Yes, it is. If life should, you know what? Let's just make sure. I mean, she's, she's basically Dave. Well, we just, we really need to make sure she's not working graveyard at the, um, you know, gas station. I think that'll just, that ruins you forever. Right. Yes, it does. But, but, um, you know, other place, she's working somewhere else. It's not that terribly far from gas station. I'm just saying. So, um, so, uh, yeah, yeah. So I wake up between five and five thirty. Um, it has been a little, well, actually, I'm not, that's not even true. I was going to say it's been a little later lately, but it wasn't, it wasn't the beginning of summer, but I'm, I'm back to being up pretty early. Um, and by late, it's like quarter to six. <laughs> I'm never, ever up past six. Um, and that includes the weekends. Um, it's fun working because- with Sean. You feel like a lazy fucker no matter what you do. Well, it's not it, like I'm not I'm not trying to get up early on the weekends to prove anything. I wish I could sleep in on the weekends and especially Sunday, um, which is the day that Cindy doesn't go to yoga early. So like she would love it if I slept in on Sunday. But I was going just, with the weekdays where I get up at six and feel like I'm doing something. Oh, Sean's been up forever. <laughs> I'm just I'm just up. I grew up in the flower business. I'm up like I'm up. I wake up early. I always have. Um, I've never had a, a job where I. It, I didn't wake up early. Even when I had the preschool, I had to wake up early. We had to be open at seven o'clock. 
um, when I started working with Lori, I was in California and she was in uh, Cincinnati and my email would light up at, Oh, she would never bother you with urgent things. (laughs) Never. So, um, you know, like I'm just, I I really like being early, but that is part of the routine. So let's, let's talk about that. So, so from five ish, whatever in the morning until noon, that's supposedly my maker time. So what I'm talking about now is my ideal, not actually what I do or have been doing. Um, because those are different things. So my ideal is just maker time. Um, and that's until noon and I don't do anything. What does maker time mean? So that means I'm producing, it means I produce something that is, um, it's asset time. So most of the time I'd like to write during that time, but it's also when I'll edit, I'll, I'll write, uh, outlines for Johnny. Um, I'll edit something that Dave has written. Um, I'll, I'll be working with Bonnie on, on something, but that's like, I'm making things during that time, uh, afterwards. Um, uh, and, and during that time, because it's maker time, it really should be deep work. Um, which means I shouldn't be answering email. I shouldn't have it on. My phone shouldn't be anywhere around. I shouldn't be in Slack. Now I don't do those things. Um, lately I've had Slack open every day. Like I've had Slack open every day since being in the summer. I've started literally quitting out of slack it's the only thing that'll make me do it because then there's an extra step i go down i my dock rises when i move my cursor to the bottom and i'm like oh look there's a little light there i better go check that out but now i have to think okay am i going to be such a weak shit as to open slack yeah i i I need to um i I need to keep it closed um I, i just it's i don't have notifications turned on or anything it really is it's a trigger for me and i'm really trying hard to to break it um, but what happens is I don't know what to say next. And so I go see what's happening on Slack. It's not even that people are alerting me. And I'm like, at least there's not to- a shit ton happening on Slack now with every channel lit up all the time. Well, okay. And, and that's part of it too, is that there is legit things going on. And like, I don't want people waiting on answers for me. So they'll ask a question and I'll answer it. And they're all my friends too. Like that's part of it. Like Slack doesn't have anything that I'm not enjoying. Like, these are my people. These are my friends. We're always talking and we're always sharing. And so it's very, very distracting. And I really do need to, um, to get through it. And this last little bit, because what I'm writing is, is not just like long, the book I was, I've been writing for the last month, <clears throat> it's psychologically draining. It's, you know, it, it, it uh, it's just, it's hard, it's hard writing. And so, I needed more candy than I'm used to. It was very hard to, you know, not check back and take little breaks. So um, anyway, ideally it's maker time is from when I wake up until noon. Um, Then it's me time. And that's, I go to the gym, I eat, um, I take a nap when I can, uh, which is almost every day actually. Um, And that's usually for 30 minutes, an hour at the most. Um, And then from two o'clock, the rest of the day is things like email. That's when I should be checking Slack and, you know, turning all those lights out. Um, that's admin stuff. That's our story t- uh, meetings. That's uh, walk and talk meetings. It's all the rest of the stuff. Uh, and that's Monday through Friday. Saturday and Sunday, I pretty much don't really have a schedule. I just try to get stuff done in pockets of time um, w- with whatever works best for whatever my family is doing. Dave, what about you? Do you do you have, I mean, in all seriousness, do you have a routine? It sounds like you do. It's just Maybe I think he has it. I think he is. He, he, I mean, in the time I've known Dave and, and Dave, like take it away from here, but I think Dave not only has a routine, he's had 3,812 routines. <laughs> it just always kind of like Fourteen. change. <laughs> I, I have a sliding routine. Uh, so much is dependent on, uh, my sleep schedule and summer is just the absolute fucking worse because Everybody I thought your family was the worst. Oh, well, they're related. They're related. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> Just take me a moment. Yeah, yeah. So, so it, it's hard to get it's hard to get shit done. Um, so I usually wind up staying up at night, and and night is really my default because most of my life, like from high school on, I was insomniac, and then after high school, I had a job for twelve years where I basically worked graveyard shift. Now, there are sometimes I worked in the morning, uh, but that's pretty much my default. Like, it's like my body gravitates towards just being up all night. And I don't like it. That, that's the thing. I used to like it. I don't like it, though. I'd rather be up in the day. But it's so fucking hard uh, because my body just 
like if 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 I try to get back on a day schedule, either something will mess it up where um, I'll have to stay up to get something done or family will mess it up with something, whatever, or my body just, it just resists so hard to, to it, it just wants to be up at night. So it, it's really difficult. Uh, my schedule basically is I sit down and I write and I write and I write uh, <laughs> and, and I take breaks and then I write more and either I like it and it's going really well or it's absolute hell and I hate every bit of it and I wind up. Okay, so the book I'm working on right now that's late, it was due on August 22nd or 25th. I don't remember. Uh, Sean probably has it written down. Though. <laughs> well, mine is much, much later than yours. So don't yeah, worry. About I, have it. A, I have a tattoo of it on my dick, actually. And if it does make you feel better, I think Johnny's like, I don't know, eight years past the date. So it's like we're, we're a little it, we're a little. It is it. months and months. And I can talk about that in just a second. Well, for you, it's, it's an anomaly. For me, I'm so worried about returning to fucking up before because I have been doing better. Mm. My Like all year, my books have been. You know, at least within a week, maybe two at the most within the deadline. So I've been better. This is the one where it's more than a Dave, Yeah, Dave, serious question. Um, are you more worried about um, disappointing me or about actually falling back? Because the last time we talked about this earlier in the week, you're like, I just don't want you to think that I'm like, I, I, I'm going back to my old ways. So is that like self-talk for yourself or are you worried that I think that? Like, where are you on this? I'm more worried about you because I don't think I've gone back to my old ways. That's um, all that matters to me. Like, that's all that matters. If, you're, if you are secure, I have faith in you. I think you've done a great job. Yeah, we got like most of the changes in my life, uh, you know, I'm keeping the weight off, um, gradually losing a little bit more. And I, I'm working better and smarter. It's just uh, being late on a book really fucking because I hate being behind. It, it, that's why I hate deadlines so much. And they, they they fuck with my head. And this book, like I I, I wrote through like y- y- you told me to do, and resisted going back and making changes. Then when I went back, I was like, oh my god, there's so many fucking things I need to fix. <laughs> and right now it's like in a state where it's like a giant puzzle in like. Like, like I keep telling you, oh, it'll be done in a few days because I really feel like it will be. But then you find something else. Yeah. Well, I then I, well, holy shit. I had this whole character arc that I need to just fucking remove because it, it adds nothing to the story. It ruins everything. And I <laughs> thought it was integral. And, and then I was missing, and I don't want to say too much, get too much into it. But basically one of the key things I needed for the story, I did not fucking know. And I didn't know I didn't know. So just all of it, just like fuck a giant dick <laughs> wow fuck a giant dick all right that's gonna be the new can we somebody get somebody on new podcast art Should i think that, that sounds like a tablet <laughs> but, but 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 an ideal work schedule if 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 i could somehow stick to a schedule and be up you know okay ideally i think i would sleep from about 2 a.m to t- to 10 a.m um maybe that actually little- sounds like a really reasonable schedule for you yeah, and, and, and there have been times where I've maintained that for like a few weeks or whatever. Um, and then I would get up, I would write, I write for a couple of hours, then I would walk, like re-energize, because usually when I walk, I think of shit that I want to write. Like when I'm not writing, I think of shit I want to write. So, it, it, you know, so, and then I would write some more and then I would, you know, do something for myself or family gets home and I, you know, hang out with them, whatever. That's my ideal writing schedule, but I have, yeah, I'd like to add that to, to what Dave was saying too, is that, um, uh, going like I do walk during maker time. And while I want to take a, a meeting, unless I have to, like, let's say, you know, Johnny and I need to brainstorm something <laughs> to get him going, then that's an exception. <laughs> but I don't like to take meetings or talk to people in the morning not because I don't want to talk to people, but because that is my most fertile time. And like Dave said, if you're writing and then you go for a walk, like that's what I should do. If I don't know what to write next is go for a walk, even if it's just a quick one or jump on the trampoline, that's always going to be better than Slack. Always. I'm ne- I've never gone to Slack and then gone, now I know what to write. <laughs> and then like- Dave, would you? how much would you love to watch Sean jump on that trampoline? <laughs> <laughs> In slow motion. Um, also in during maker time, if I'm going to listen to something like I'll, I'll, I might listen to fiction, um, you know, so I'm getting language. I'm not going to listen to like a how to book or something that 
feels mechanical and takes me out of story. Are you talking about when you're walking, you listen to fiction? Um, yeah, yeah. I have a hard time. I have a hard time reading fiction when I'm writing fiction. Oh no, I love reading fiction. When yeah, I'm it's actually fiction. the opposite it for me. Inspires me. Yeah, I find it inspiring. I'm like, oh, I love how they did that shot. I like, no, I, I, I find especially. So like right now the you know what book I'm reading and I was reading the corrections which by the way did you know that the corrections was going to be an HBO series um, with Robert Zemeckis and it had like a full cast like Ewan McGregor and uh, uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal and it, like it just it didn't it didn't pan out um, but it sounds like it would have been really cool anyway I've been listening to the corrections because that's like it feels like the thing that I'm writing similarly. Uh, yeah, like I find ahead. if I'm listening to fiction, like it'll, uh, it'll, it'll make me either like, or, or it'll make me dislike what I'm writing, or want to write something like that. It like influences me a little too much. You're like, man, this story has a dog. <laughs> <laughs> I want to kill a dog in my story. Well, no, there's the one where you added a dog. You were like at deadline. You were like, hold on, need a dog. Remember, yeah, that's Crash. <laughs> Crash got a last last minute emergency dog ad. <laughs> Uh, is there more to your schedule, Dave? Anything more noteworthy? I mean, we'll delve in a little bit, but it, it's just chaotic, really. It's uh, <laughs> really all. So you is. you fit it in at all times, right? So do you have like a oh, word yeah. count that you're trying to hit, or and so that you just keep going back until you hit it, or or realize well, that you can't? I I've been working on you know the past I don't know month or two. Like thirty eight hundred was what I'm working at. And but it, but it, when it's in the state where it's a puzzle and I'm trying to fix, it, I just I, I I stop fucking counting because I can't count what I edit versus what I writing new. So I I don't count that and whatever. But that that it when I'm just writing words, thirty eight hundred or thirty eight twenty seven or something is a goal. Thirty eight twenty seven is that I, I forget what it was. I, basically, I was trying to hit a million words in a year, and I said, okay, well, how many do I need to write? You know, per day. So that well, it's, it's yeah, it's, I think it's it's twenty seven hundred something per day. But if you well, if you have weekends off, then it, it, it yeah, it bumps the number. But I wind up writing weekends anyway, so I don't even know what the <laughs> fuck I'm doing. So is your chaotic schedule a response to well, I need to get five hundred more words, and so I'm going to squeeze it in whenever I can? Well, I also I I do like writing, uh, but it, it's mostly because well, I'm behind. I fuck this up. I need to fix it. So I gotta just keep writing. It's usually I'm writing behind. So even even when I just start a brand new book, um, I feel behind because there's a deadline. I and I fucking hate deadlines. I know it's you're a writer, you have deadline, and you know anybody that has a job has to have some metric that they have to you know have. But just psychologically, deadlines just fuck with my head, looming over my shoulder. How did that work for you? And I know we talked about this before, but like, how did that work for you when you were at the paper? Is it because it was nonfiction? It just didn't matter. You, we weren't attached to character arcs or like, it's, it's so much more straightforward. The paper was a little bit different because there were other people there. Um, and we were kind of really all working together. Like I had the stories that I was due, but like everybody was kind of in the same boat. So the stress wasn't like, I just feel like it's all on me, even though it's not all on me because you're also writing. Uh, but, it, but it feels very solo and private. Uh, also at the paper, it was a twice weekly paper. It was a small paper. So on deadline night, like the night before a story was due, it was pure fucking chaos. And I would be there till like one or two in the morning. Having gone in at seven or eight in the morning, uh, also at the paper, news is ever changing, and you're always waiting for somebody to get back to you. So, so much of it was out of my control. Uh, and so, chaos is a, a necessary part of it. But on days that there was no deadline, or on the weekend, if I wasn't covering something, like my mind could be free. But usually it was constant chaos. That was the only thing I didn't like about it. And that's because I was on the news side. If I were writing just features or something, it would have been so much easier. But we weren't a large enough paper that I could have done that. Do you think that part of it was that you had a community there and you had other people? So, like, you're not going to be late because you're not going to miss. You're, you're not going to. If only you had a community here. Well, that's actually what I am leading well, I mean, <laughs> Well, there was. Like I was actually, you know, around, I was in a room with other people. I wasn't by myself. 
and like I could bitch about something and like we could, you know, or we could talk or, or if they know something about the story I'm writing, they could help me. Cause a lot of times like some of the, the, uh, cause we all had different, uh, things that we worked on, but we had shared knowledge. So I could go to them. You, it was, it wasn't a, a word count thing so much as a knowledge thing. You needed to find out what you needed to know. So it's a little bit different than writing creatively. Do you think if you managed to have that, like, um, you know, two to 10 AM schedule, you would be more, you know, likely to go to the meetings that we have? Because, um, again, I think that, 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 I don't know, it just, yeah, I'm usually sleeping during the meetings when you have them. So that's yeah, why no. I'm not there. Well, no, we I, put them early, so it's unreasonable. <laughs> <laughs> they are at the end of our day, just for everybody else. Yeah, they're at 4 p.m. Dave's time, so. <laughs> it's early. <laughs> but it is it is interesting because I would say universally, except for Dave, um, you know, having access to that community has has, I don't know, greatly enhanced a hundred percent of everybody's productivity. Once you take Dave out of the, (laughs) (laughs) there there, there are times that, uh, there are times it's frustrating for me to go to story meetings when someone's talking about something that either I don't really know about, or I really have nothing to add to it. I I feel kind of useless and it, it, Makes me feel well. They've uh, transformed a little bit, Dave. It, it's been a while since you've. We actually, it's interesting in our story meetings. We talk less and less about story now. If somebody has something to unpack, we we do. Like there, that's always brainstorming. An like you always get a brainstorming. Right, session. brainstorming. So one of the um, actually uh, ninety who will be on next week's podcast. Um, she's wonderful. You guys will love her. Uh, she's got a book coming out, like a nonfiction book. And so we were trying to brainstorm like what the angle and the the topic and, and just some aspects of it. You would have been great on that meeting yesterday. And you will also love, love, love her new book today. You we, will love it. We've had people raise their hands for, um, I guess their personal issues, but their personal work issues, like issues of motivation, that sort of thing in those meetings. Um, we've done sort of, uh, Sean did a roundup of, um, like goals, right? Like what, what do you want most? And then we did one-on-ones to follow up on them. So they're, they're sort of more general meetings than story. Yeah. yeah because now we, we, the big shared world is now more compartment compartmentalized than that. So the meetings really are just about bonding and sharing and growing. Really. And usually like if somebody that. has to brainstorm something, it's one specific aspect of something that they can just quickly explain like i have the situation where and they spend five minutes and they're like what do you think yeah and then we'll we'll usually have like some wild card story idea so for example uh in yesterday's meeting um there's a story idea that we'll tell you about later that you'll just love like you will want to participate in the brainstorming of this just because it's cool even if you don't actually participate in it although i think you will um i think you'll like the idea of it and I don't know, dude. I've known you long enough to see that you get juiced by being around other creative people. Well, I'll bet Dave has some of the, because it's taken me until recently to, I don't know how to describe this. It's not, it's like my intellectually, I understand the way that things are and the way meetings are going to be and stuff. But then there's an emotional reaction that it took until just recently to shake where like we had so much thing, so many things we weren't we were doing that we shouldn't have been doing. They were like smarter artists, stories to go, like all that stuff that we used to be doing. Oh, you're saying, yeah, so meetings, so meetings. The meetings used to be purity. triggers a little bit. Yeah, and now yeah. it's like, oh, and this was the same thing that made me say, let's do worst show ever again. It was like, oh, I'm having fun all the time now. Like the meetings are, are good <laughs> and cool. So there isn't that same scarcity of like, well, I got to fit this meeting. And it's like, oh, the meeting's coming up. Cool. Yeah, meetings are like almost a, a break in the day. They're a time when we can bond with the other people, you know, in the studio. But I think you would feed off of that. Um, I don't think you have to worry about knowing. Like, you don't have to feel like I need to be valuable every moment. You know, just the fact that you're there is is enough. Like, also think about what you can receive. I love that you're there thinking, what can I give? But also, like, what can I receive? Everybody there is receiving something. So just sometimes take. Uh, do you want to talk about things that we know in our routine that just like, do you don't work? want to hear my routine? Yes, <laughs> I do want to hear. Your <laughs> or should no. we just stick with you guys and not I'll, I will, um, I will, I will oh, show's over. <laughs> well, the one thing about my routine is that I, um, and I, Sean, I know you do this too, is I, I'm constantly looking to revisit the routine. So I may go six months with a current, with a routine and you get in the habit of like, this is, this is what I do. And then I'll be 
it's kind of like you look at something with fresh eyes and you go, oh, wait, hold on. Maybe that isn't the most efficient. Maybe there's something else I've realized I want to add in. Um, and, and then I'll try to shift things and say, well, how can I optimize it more? So I actually just recently did that. Um, but it still is very similar to Sean's schedule in concept. I would, um, <clears throat> usually until 11 or noon, that is prime composition time. And I have, um, uh, I have, it's been hard to hold that like until, until really, I would say until this week I've, I've had a harder and harder time. Like I've been looking for procrastination. I've been looking for ways to distract myself. I have been actively seeking procrastination as well. Right. So, but it's, it's getting better, right? Like I'm, I'm, I'm that much more interested in what I'm doing and not just interested, but, but like believing in it and feeling the flow. So turning off Slack, turning off my email program, like actually quitting out of them so that I'm not tempted to just see if there's any little dots on the, on the icons indicating new messages. Um, and, uh, and that, you know, that's, and, and then I take the, usually some sort of a break in the middle of the day. It's similar to Sean's me time. That's usually when I go to the gym or when it's not 110 fucking degrees outside, that's when I would go for a run or something like that. Or, um, you know, do something with Robin on our, we'd take like a date day or whatever. Um, and then in the afternoon does tend to be meetings and that's really more by default just because that's the way that the whole company has arranged the schedules. So it like the meetings are always going to be when they are going to be. And so we usually stick additional meetings after them and stuff. Um, I actually am not, I, as I was asking about Dave, like when, when I was saying, do you, you know, have a, a, a number goal and then you're going back to revisit it. And, I find it very hard to go back to writing after I've stopped for the day. Like I've had my exit trigger. <laughs> like, cause you're doing that right now, right, Sean? But you normally can't do that if you don't have a fire. Oh you? yeah. That's actually funny because when I was saying things that don't work, that was going to be my first example. Um, mm-hmm. I, I know my, I know myself and I can write really well in the morning. Um, and by well, I mean better drafted copy when Scrivener's not changing everything. You know, I've noticed something. I don't know if this is a new update with Scrivener. I think it is because I did not remember having this problem. But if I'm typing really fast, it wants to make more changes that I'm not comfortable with it making. See, I don't so, know why you turn don't turn that shit off. Like I turn off autocorrect. I don't want my writing well, program I, guessing. It wasn't a problem before, but it is like now. So like it changes lots of words. <laughs> it does. If I if I write two like T O O, I mean just two T O but I do it really fast, it adds the second O. Or like weir, like just W-E-R-E. Do you mean to fuck this up? Yes, but like fast, and then it'll add an apostrophe and totally change the sentence with the wrong word. And I'm like, I'm typing too fast to go change your typos that you're introducing. Anyway, um, yeah, so like there's, there's no excuse for me being on Slack in the morning because I know I'm burning through my creative time where I am going to be more efficient. I'm going to write better copy in less time. After dinner or even in the afternoons, if we don't have meetings and I have to, I've already broken from me time and I'm coming back at two o'clock, that's a great time to edit. It's a great time to have a story meeting. It's a great time to do a lot of things. It is not a good time to outline new story ideas, um, you know, on the page, not talking, I can do it, but actually linear, this happens and this happens. That's even harder than writing um, a lot of times, especially, you know, late. Um, And yes, like, to Johnny's question, I, I'm going to finish here and I'm going to go write 3,000 words, which will take way longer tonight and be harder. And I'm going to feel shitty about them than if I got them done this morning. Yeah, the balance for me has been deciding when I'm being true to myself and my temperament and the way that I work best and when I'm just being an asshole and trying to get out of something. So, for instance, <laughs> um, to, this morning's words didn't come quite as fast as I would have thought. Now, I actually, I was really, really pleased with what I wrote. The, the part that I, the thing that I wrote, I really liked. But it was not as many words as I would have liked. I would have liked to have gotten another chapter or two. And so, um, so I just, I, I, I got to a point where it was, like, I just have these sometimes. I'm like, I cannot do anything. I cannot do anything. And I'll sit there and, and I just realize, like, okay, this isn't procrastination. It just isn't going to happen right now. And so... I went, I like I stopped, I took a break, I went to the gym and I, I told myself, I'll come back, I'll have time afterward before the show, before the podcast. And at the whole time, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, you're not gonna do it, dude. And I'm like, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna feel good, I'm gonna do it, I know. And I'm like, you know you're not gonna do it. You're gonna, time's gonna dwindle. You're gonna be like, oh, I thought I had an hour, but it's really 45 minutes because I had to do these little things. 
and you're not going to feel like, I'm, I'm going to do it. I feel like doing it. Well, but guess what? I didn't do it. So I don't know how much of that is just saying know thyself and, and just wait until next week. The problem is that, as we alluded to earlier, this project is so far behind that every single time I make a decision like that, I feel like I'm being a weak shit and that I need to go faster. So it is a weird thing because Sean and I have talked extensively about this project and it requires a relaxation of um, just the just the urgency behind it. But at the same time, there's still some urgency behind it. So I need to find like where that de- where that is. Yeah, it, and, and it, that is really hard too because um, sometimes we're just our own worst enemies. You know, th- this morning I woke up knowing I'm going to finish this book today. I've got two chapters to go um, and I'm, I'm ready to hit it. And then I procrastinated for 90 minutes. Now, that 90 minutes, I could have got a much of what I still have to do if I just hadn't procrastinated this morning. And the thing is, I knew what I was doing. I'm like, I have the podcast today. I'm going to have to go and write afterwards. Like, I knew that. And I, I wonder if there's a part of me that's just like needs the stress of now I've got a deadline to finish. Now I've got, you know, I've got to, you know, pound this If out it tonight. works, the problem with that, argument for me would be, well, then I don't notice that I didn't then make up the chapter. So it didn't work for me. Yeah. I, I mean, I know I'm going to finish, but like, I don't know. It's, it's one of those things where I don't, I'm not looking forward to anything I have to do, but as wise people in our lives have told us, you know, well, that's serving you for some reason because you are letting it happen. <laughs> so like, what is it about the stress that I'm going to face tonight finishing this that was okay with me at six o'clock this morning. Um, I, I actually, Trish just asked in the comments, by the way, Trish, you're, you're only letting us know. I don't know if you want to let everybody know. Um, this is just going to us, but I, this is probably a good one to answer. Um, she says, I'm, I'm curious if you've, if you've noticed a certain part of the book that goes slower for you, like it's harder through the middle or the beginning or what. And my answer to that is not a specific part of the book. It's where I am. It's, it's whether I'm trying to figure things out. So what I'm doing right now is, um, I have, and this is a little bit of a spoiler for the story that we'll tell later about this book, is I wrote 90,000 words before deciding, that, and those were hard words, 90,000 hard words with many false starts, many erasing, yeah. many redrafting of an outline before deciding that that I just needed to throw it away. And I, I don't mean reuse it. I don't mean go back through and tweak it. I mean literally set it aside and, and don't look at it again. Um, so... I know a lot of the things, like I rethought, I th- thought about the story, I got some new inspiration, I, I thought of some new ways to see it, and it um, it felt like I, I feel good. I feel like I know what needs to be done, but but I actually have the paradox right now of knowing too much about the story. So, <laughs> so, um, so what I'm trying to do is I have a list of things that I know I need to kind of start hinting at. I need to start seeding and foreshadowing things. And so... There's a lot of decisions that need to be made. And when I have to make a lot of decisions, as opposed to just narrating what I see in my head or describing what I see in my head, it's much, much harder. Like, actually, decisions are kind of the thing. I don't know about you guys, but we usually go out to dinner on Friday night, and I have abdicated, you guys need to decide where we're going because I can't make that decision. I don't want to make one more decision at the end of Friday. It's, it's a weird thing. Like, I get, I get bogged down by them. So when I have to make a lot of decisions, then then that's when I go slow. I, I, I couldn't agree with that more. Um, decisions are my enemy. Um, we've talked about this before. Like I have eight things that I wear. <laughs> Cindy makes all my food choices. Like I make so many decisions during the my, my work day that I do try to eliminate as many decisions as I can, you know, outside of that. Yeah, Dave. I, I, I think that is one of the... Like when I'm feeling stressful writing a story, it's because I'm not sure what to do with a lot of stuff. And it is the decision and too many options, like what the fuck do I do or how do I fix this? And I think that's when I tend to procrastinate the most because I I just need to get my mind off of whatever the hell I'm doing so I can come back at it fresh. Um, As far as the things that have helped me write... um, when I'm just, uh, when you have normal resistance, not like uh, like full out stress and just a, a fucking mess of a story, but just a normal resistance. Like when you just like, especially like when you're starting out and maybe you're not ready to write. The uh, for me, the Pomodoro 
Pomodoro method works best, like the timer. You just put the timer on. You can set it, you know, I forget what the method is. I, I do 20 minutes and then... It's like, supposed to be 25 on, 5 off. Okay. So, well, it, so it I depends. I mean, I think that's classic, but... Yeah, that's the I official do, Pomodoro. I do 20 and, and 5 off. Uh, if I'm if I'm flowing, I'll ignore it and I'll just keep going, although you're not supposed to do that, but whatever. Uh, but, but I find if there is, like, some external thing, even though it's self-created, telling me, okay, you just... Just have to write like this this little bit. It's easier to take in chunks, like when you're not ready to write. Um, like, okay, well, I can anybody can sit down and write for 20 minutes. Like, okay, so I won't do anything but write for 20 minutes, and that helps me having that external thing forcing me to do it. Yeah, I've I've actually um, I don't even know if this is anything I've admitted before. <laughs> this might be new, but I've I've called Cindy in before and said I need you to count down. I just need you to go three, two, one, because if you're watching me, I'm gonna start typing. And it's so stupid. <laughs> like I should be able <laughs> I should be able to go three, two, one by myself. But what I've done many times is three, two, one, and then I go check Slack. Like I'm just so weak sometimes. It's yeah, Sydney, Sydney's in the emergency right now for eye sprain, rolling her eyes at that whole thing. It's <laughs> okay. <laughs> but that's an interesting good. one. I I haven't heard of that one. Well, it's just I like but I know I have yeah. I, I know I have an audience all of a sudden. Like if the very fact that I call I could have just said, "Hey, you know, uh, okay, writing is not hard for me. Starting to write is hard for me. So yeah. once I'm going, like I can I can go I can go for two hours if I'm going. Yeah. But like the reason I've been so stilted in this last thing is because I'll hit a I'll hit a break and say, okay, how am I supposed to articulate that? Maybe someone on Slack knows. Well, you're writing something emotional too. Do, I don't know if you saw Bonnie's question. She's, she was asking whether your emotional connection to a particular story affects like your desire to procrastinate or not. But I know uh, that th- yeah, because what I, Sean's I, not I telling you is that this story is different from other stories. Like it isn't it, at yeah. all like the stories he's normally writing. Right, and it's this this story, like Johnny's story, is one that really deserves its own episode, but. Um, but but yes, it is it is complicated, emotional, personal writing. It's the kind of writing that very few people listening to this should ever do. And and for us, like we're not doing it because this is going to be a big profitable book. This is more just something that I wanted to write and I took the time to do it. Um, but that that's also one of the reasons that I've been urgent about the timeline because uh, actually this is worth exploring. Uh, there's a lot of guilt associated with this book. So that's part of it too. Like when I write it, I feel like even though this isn't true and no one in the company feels this way, I'm confident that no one in the company feels this way, but still like I can't help but feeling guilty. Like this book is really indulgent and like I'm costing the company momentum and time. I'm totally thinking that (laughs) by even, you know, by even writing it because it's just, it doesn't fit in funnels. It's, it's just like, whatever, like I'll explain it at some point. But it's not it's not worth the company time that I'm investing. Well, it's in, a personal project. It's something that yeah. is emotionally benefiting you more than it will emo- financially or otherwise benefit the company directly. But it will indirectly benefit the company quite a bit by the fact and that I you would, took the time. I would argue that you write so much with the company in mind and financially, like making sure that you know everybody you know, like that their stories are going to work or whatever, that you do so much for everybody else that even if it were indulgent, you owe it to yourself. So what the fuck? Well, you know, that is, that is part of it. I promised myself 10% time, right? So if I wrote a million words, I should get a hundred thousand that are just for me that I don't owe for the company. And I made it to like, well, I don't know, 1.6 million words or something before I got a chance to, to do this. So you're making this 160,000 words you're saying? Well, no, it's about 190 actually. What? <laughs> so, I'm going over budget. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, I think it, I'm not know, reading that. I'm sorry. Uh, I uh, love you. I'm not reading. <laughs> Here, hold on, real quick. I'll tell you. I, I have, I, I'm guessing I have 3,000 words left, and right now the total is um, 185,663. So you. yeah. <laughs> and that's that's actually that's actually part, like the question that Trish asked is the the flip side of that is. Endings are fast as shit for me 99 times out of 100 because there's nothing left to decide. Like the way that my brain works when I'm writing, 
my endings always are inevitable. Like I know what needs to happen at the ending. I'm never making decisions about what needs to happen at the end. So it's just like watching a movie, only I'm describing what's going on in the movie to the person next to me. Like that's easy. Oh, look, then he did that thing. So that's that's not hard oh, for me. My endings are never concrete. Like I, I'm st- like, I'm like, should they die? Should they not? No, I, I <laughs> always Johnny, yes. It, yeah, in the right story, <laughs> endings do feel inevitable. And like, th- what's funny is that I had four chapters left to go a couple of days ago, and no idea how I was going to end it. But I've written enough with Johnny, especially. Um, this is very true in the in the work that we do together. The ending just always happens and it's always inevitable and it's always right. And there were like five or six things that lined up at the um, in this story that just I didn't know at the beginning of the week. And they're just like, of course, of course, of course, of course. And it's it that's really awesome. So yeah, it is going, it's going fast as far as the decisions I have to make, but I'm I am a little bit slower because of there's a there's a certain level of articulation required in the last chapter uh, or last couple of chapters. Well, so maybe to close this out, because we, we, we stopped talking about writing routines and started talking about writing in general, which is pretty cool. But are there any like hacks that are that would qualify as kind of a routine to get you unstuck or things you do, like throwing a ball against the wall because you can't, you know, like in the cliche of the writer's room or something like that? I think a few things. I think really paying attention is important. Um, I, I think as, all three of us have seen this over and over and over. Uh, you know, Bonnie sees it when we check in with Bonnie. Bonnie's very... Um, you know, systematic in the way she's looking at what everybody does and we're looking at our habits. I think if you look at what you do um, and, and you measure it against something like what Dave was saying earlier, you know, you can't just say, because I'm in a creative business, I don't have deadlines. I'm not accountable to anything or anyone. Um, I, I think that that's the other side of it. Having someone you're accountable to, whether it's just your 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 partner, it could be your spouse, um, it could be, um, you know, a, a group like we have. Um, but probably yourself isn't quite enough unless it's really working for you. But I I think most writers know they could do better and having someone that they could be accountable to um, is a big deal. But I think the most important thing is just to be aware of yourself and be aware of the stories you're telling yourself. Because for me, like it would be really easy to say, Oh yeah, I wrote this book in a month and I did a great job. And what I'm doing is obviously working. Because I did hit my goal. Like, I totally did. I'm going to walk away from this month and the book is done. Probably needs a shit ton of work. I have no idea if I'm going to add 20,000 words or cut 80. But, but like, I know I need to go through it again. Um, It's not enough that I finish the book. It's not enough that I hit that goal. I need to give it a, a brief autopsy and say, what could I have done better? And I know I could have, like, had more time if I hadn't been on Slack so much, I know, I know there are things that I could have done better. So I think it's a matter of always asking yourself and always knowing that you could do a better job than the time before. So I just want to say we, we had a, I don't know if it was Jen or Jen and Neve wrote uh, some show notes for us for this episode, um, which we kind of abandoned at some point, but there is a tip here on, I feel we would be remiss not to mention uh, Thomas. What's the tip? Thomas, Thomas. Oh, Wolf. you're gonna read this one. <laughs> All the things that are there, and this is where Dave goes. Okay, Dave, let's take it away. <laughs> Thomas Wolf had been unconsciously fondling his genitals, a habit from childhood <laughs> that, while not exactly sexual, fostered such a good male feeling that it had stoked his creative energies. So from then on, Wolf regularly used this method to inspire his writing sessions, dreamily exploring his male configurations <laughs> until the sensuous element in every domain of life became more immediate, real, and beautiful. So I'm going to start masturbating more Start. Yeah, you're going to start. start. Right. <laughs> Your keyboard's the stickiest one in Florida. Male feelings. Yeah, I feel so male right now. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, that's something. Um, yeah. Well, I didn't know you were going to go with that. Yeah, I would just say I would just say two uh, two things, and we'll see if I remember them both. The first is that, um, and I'm doing this kind of on faith right now because I do feel kind of like a sack of shit as far as like my productivity with this book recently. Um, it's, it's literally taken me, I'm going to say, I'm going to go with 10 times as long as a a normal book of this length might've taken or close to that. Um, but I think that, that to the extent that you're not procrastinating or or you're screwing up 10 times worth, uh, remember I wrote the 10 X author is great. It's what I meant. 10, 10 X as much of the book. Um, is that you, I think it's, I'm trying to accept more and more that there, writing isn't, 
writing isn't like um, building a house, right? Like you, you, it isn't just a matter of like, well, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna stop and take a break, and then the house building will be more creative and fulfilling later on if I take the break now. But I think, but it is that way with writing, and I think that, and we're part of the problem here in this very specific way because we've talked about. You know, we, we, nobody talks about like be, waiting to be inspired to be a plumber and blah, blah, blah. Like just sit down, do the fucking work, that sort of thing. But that said, um, it, it is something where you need to kind of let your brain refill and stuff. So something like, uh, you know, I just, if I were to watch this movie that is kind of in similar in tone to my book and it'll inspire me, like sometimes that's actually the right choice, in my opinion. Sometimes it's procrastination. So that's, Actually, that's the trick is finding the where trick that, is learning to be honest with yourself, which is a hard thing to do. And, right. and you get better at it the more you question yourself. But like, don't just don't believe the first thing that your brain says, because it's probably trying to I don't know. It's probably trying to or, screw off. Yeah. The second yeah. thing that I would um, that I was going to say is that and I know that we've given this advice before, but it's increasingly true of of me for sure is understanding what sort of the buckets of your abilities are throughout the day and matching things with the strengths of those buckets. I know that doesn't make sense. So here's what I mean. Later in the day, um, if I have to meet with somebody about anything, I'm usually going to try and schedule it after our, um, our major meeting, which is it, it ends around 4 PM central time. Cause you know, typically I have two hours left in my working day at that point, And I, I don't, I'm, I'm, creatively like creatively if I were to sit down and write like I know it'll be shit I know I'll hate it so go ahead and load that time up with um, uh, meetings or research or um, answer do emails then you know if I have to answer emails in slacks do them then because I'm already kind of fried if um, like a lot of times uh, Sean and I'll need to brainstorm something for a book or something like that and there have been times when we've done it at a non-ideal time, but usually it's like, okay, well, after the podcast on Friday, because I can't do anything other than walk and talk about something anyway. So go ahead and use that time. So I think knowing what, using the time that you have in the way that best fits your sort of ability at that time and what you're fresh for would be something else I would add. Do either of you ever find that you, you could write a whole bunch of words during the day while you're feeling energized? But you, you got to come back and write more later for whatever reason, and you're tired as shit. But somehow those words are actually better. No. <laughs> well, it depends on the project. Though. Sometimes, like when I'm in that tired mind state, like I write some really good shit sometimes. Oh, okay. If you're talking about quality of words, then yes, that yeah. has happened to me. But but the energy or the um, what it takes to get those words on the page is a hundred percent of the time it's more difficult if I'm coming back. Like it's yeah. just, it just is. For me, it depends on the project. So there was a project that we were finishing, um, end of last year. It was actually right before, uh, right before like Christmas. And, Oh, that one was fun. Well, but I had set a self-imposed deadline much like you. Actually, I wonder if this is the same for you with this current project. I had set a self-imposed deadline. It was not somebody else's deadline, but I just said, I'm going to finish by this day. And so once I had made that decision and I was, I was also excited about the project. It wasn't like a, a grudging, like, okay, I'm going to finish it. Cause I, I can't do that. I need to be excited and have the self-imposed deadline. Those are required. You could try Thomas Wolfe's. Try Thomas Wolfe's. I was, I was <laughs> feeling very manly at the time. Chris um, suggested we write a stone tablet called exploring your genitalia to foster creativity. Oh, I like that one. Well, Joel wrote that it's called fuck the details. <laughs> um, and, uh, so, so anyway, the, um, uh, where was I going with that? What was I talking about? Help me, help me out. You, you, you need to be. Oh yeah. Yeah. If, if it's, I can, I, I can get back and I, I can write after dinner, which is, you know, crazy. I don't normally be able to, I'm not normally able to do that. Or I don't normally write on the weekends. That's just kind of like I'm binary in that way, but I will, if it's something like that. And it's, it's strange because it doesn't require effort. It's just because I'm in the throes of something. So I think that when it feels that way, Especially if I'm in, like, my sweet spots are, are not just dialogue, but arguments and uh, conflict and action and stuff. And, and if I'm coming up on something that I know how it's going to happen, I'm like, fuck yeah, then those things are a lot easier. Uh, sounds like we ran out of things to say, so that's good. That was, yeah. that was a pretty nice long show, and we even got in some talk of fondling, which is which is good. Go that's always a plus. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's good stuff. <laughs> 
Um, so I'll just remind you guys, I, I did notice an uptick in live viewers. So that's pretty cool. Um, I do think the time's going to well, shift. We're doing that with the worst show ever. Yeah, yeah, it's going to shift a little bit. I'll, I'll tell Neve, and she's hearing it now, but I'll, I'll I will formally tell you, Neve, that um, I think that from here on out, I think we're going to say that the self-publishing podcast will probably start closer to three between three thirty and three forty-five. The Story Studio podcast on Fridays—that's Central Time. Um, but if you want notifications, because it does shift sometimes, there every once in a while we take a week off. Um, you can go to sterlingandstone.net slash live show to get um, those update emails. And then for our nonfiction book line, because we are cranking out a lot of really interesting books, including one we'll tell you about next week, um, you can get on that list at sterlingandstone.net slash stone table, because stone table is the line of books now, not the mastermind it used to be. And um, next week we're going to have on uh, Nani Hammond, who's one of the authors in our studio. And she's just, wonderful you guys are going to love this show she's very energetic and fun and interesting and the book that she wrote is going to be crazy cool to talk about we'll tell you about that next week too yeah dave seriously as soon as it goes into the common library download it and read it you will be very happy you will you will really it's a quick read too. to that library but yes mm-hmm. you just join the slack channel <laughs> super easy <laughs> barely an inconvenience which which channel the one called library. <laughs> I don't even see that on my options. Let's talk about this more on the air, though. That's good. All right. So th- thank you guys for uh, listening to the Story Studio podcast, and we will see you next time. Bye-bye. Adios.